thanks for coming, everybody. Wow. Um, I kind of feel like going home now. <laughs> no, this is really, really great. Um, um, and much gratitude to my wife, Nicole, um, and um, Jennifer, who did a talk uh, last month, and the rest of the speakers that are stepping up with their personal practice and and bringing the community together. And thanks so much um, to the community for showing up to talk and to to share uh, share my story tonight. And then we go all connect and um, take away what we can. So um, it's beautiful. I'm uh, really uh, happy. Gratitude. Yeah. Um, I just got done with one minute. All right, I got like. 29 to go. <laughs> so when I was first asked uh, to do this, um, I wasn't the first person asked. Uh, someone else actually had the job. And um, he ended up not uh, being able to do it. And so um, I was asked to do it, and I was happy, happy to, happy to share my story. And as I've been working on it, it's been difficult to coalesce and to, to bring everything into order um, in this in this perspective. And and in working on it, I realized I've been I've been clean and sober for four years now, for four years. And I was like, I'm starting to have a hard time putting all the details back together from back then. And I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> like, yes. Four years, um, this month, the 16th of this month. Um, so it's been um, a little interesting, but um, what a, um, a beautiful realization to have for me. Um, so I am uh, only qualified to do this talk because I'm married to Nicole. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> Because I'm an addict, an alcoholic, and an addict, and uh, and I've su suffered depression, um, uh, like deep depression, like uh, wake up every morning wanting not to live, depression, and not that I'm going to kill myself, but I don't want to live, depression, um, lost joy, I lost it. I had no idea what it felt to be happy. I didn't have it. To feel brightness, to feel light. Um, so, those are my qualifiers for sitting in the seat. And I'll get into that a little bit. I'll, I'll go into my, in the rooms, the 12 step rooms, they call it like the war stories, and um, get into my first step story a little bit. Um, so, when I was uh, little, I, I was raised by my mom, a single mom. I had a brother, and uh, we ended up taking care of ourselves quite a bit. We kind of raised our raised ourselves, and um, when I was 13, 12 or 13, I started. I found drugs, found drugs, and I discovered that that um, was one way to take care of myself, and that's uh, a, a, a tool that I used to um, self-care. That was what I found. 
Um, I didn't have any better tools. And uh, by the time I was 15, I was smoking pot every day. And, uh, and, and it got to the point where I was, I was on drugs 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. And that's how I lived my life. And um, I was still a pretty good kid. Um, you know, I wasn't stealing or anything. And, and I finally got to the point where I, I was pretty conscious um, as a kid, as a youth. And I realized that I was an addict. Because if I missed a day, <laughs> that was a rough day. And I spent my life figuring out how not to let that happen. That was my form of self-care. That's what I learned. And uh, so I spent a lot of time doing that. And, uh, and, and I was good at it. Somehow I managed to do it without stealing from people and um, just kind of wheeling and dealing. And, um, but at, at like 16 or 17, I realized that I was an addict. Um, I could not stop smoking pot. And it, and it became very apparent when every time I smoked, I w it would make me sick. It would make me paranoid. My heart would beat. I couldn't breathe. It would make me sick. And I couldn't stop. Every time I was like, I know this is going to suck. And I could not not do it. I didn't have whatever it was to not, um, to not do it. And uh, so I, I, that's how I lived. That's how I lived. Um, and then, uh, fortunately for me, uh, I met my wife when I was very young. I met Nicole. And I, we were 19, 20, 19, 20 when we met. You were 19, I was 20. And uh, as soon as we met, we, that was it. I, I, we, we, were, we were together. We were done. And, and, and my, my energetics just shifted. Boom. And I was living in a, in, uh, in a good way. I wasn't doing, I didn't need um, drugs. I was being taken care of in a different way. Um, and I had, I didn't consciously understand what was going on. Um, that whole part just went away for me. And uh, we moved to Alaska and I got a job and we were like building this life. And we, we, you know, we got married and we're building this life and... Uh, Man, I felt powerful and I felt happy and I felt uh, like I was getting this thing that I'd never had before. Um, I was becoming a man, you know. I was like growing up. And, uh, you know, I still had all this stuff that wasn't taken care of. But there was this, um, it showed me my potential, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, what I was capable of. And Nicole and I... Um, came back to we moved away to Alaska for a year and came back to Montana and we started setting our roots in, digging down into into Montana and what time what time did I start okay thanks started set, setting roots here in town I became a roofer two days back into Montana I started roofing and uh, I was good at it, good worker, learned the trade quickly. And 
Nicole started, we started the, her Buddhist practice, um, mindfulness practice with this community. Um, and uh, I started a men's group, part of a, um, a organization called the Mankind Project and started this men's group that's still thriving today um, and do beautiful, amazing work. We do just incredible, um, incredible work. And I became part of this practice and it's just like this really solid, this is a solid life that's like picturesque, right? I mean, I, I mean, I, my judgment was that's how a lot, a lot of people saw me. Um, and uh, things started shifting. Um, I don't remember how long ago. That's part of the things like remembering context and stuff and time. So I'm just gonna, if I get stuff out of order, you none of you are gonna know. So. Um, <laughs> Stuff started shifting for me. Um, we started a, a business downtown called Earth Folk. Um, and we sold uh, Earth, like good stuff for the house, good stuff store. It was called Earth Folk. And uh, Nicole had an accident and hurt her foot, and it developed into a chronic nerve condition. And that started um, coming up more as an issue. She was suffering. And uh, eventually, um, trying to deal with some money stuff, and I finally made the decision to start my own business, roofing. So I kind of had these three things coming up. And, um, and eventually we decided to close shop at Earth Folk because a bunch of different things, but Nicole's health, and we weren't really retail people <laughs> was part of it, I think. Um, and this is kind of, it's kind of, uh, there's multiple layers that started um, putting pressure. I started feeling pressure, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I was getting, I had too much. And uh, I would come home and I'd watch Nicole suffer. And I was helpless. And uh, when we shut our business down. And uh, I didn't realize how much that affected me until recently. And I'm still kind of exploring that. And I was all in on my roofing business. Um, that's the only... That's that. My my tunnel vision was like this is my only way to, to do this to make it in life. I had this tunnel vision, and uh, and uh, all through this time, I like for years I was drinking on and off, and I you know I felt like a normal person. In the in the twelve sweat rooms, they call them normal people. Normal people can drink one beer, they can drink two beers, and then they can go for whatever amount of time and not drink. And I felt like a normal person, and uh, I was drinking like a normal person, and uh, and I started drinking every day, and it happened really subtly. I started believing I was a normal person, and uh, and then Nicole started getting pain medication um, to deal with her pain, and I started using it recreationally. I'd steal it from her. I stole her medication, and I, and. Uh, 
started using it recreationally, and then I started using it to take care of my pain and my suffering. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's... And so, being an addict, without even knowing what I was doing, I manipulated a situation um, so that Nicole's prescription could take care of her pain and my pain. I manipulated her and her doctor so no one knew that there was enough medication for both of us. Um, uh, eventually, uh, Nicole found out. And we've had a, just a really blessed marriage for many years. We lived in a freaking van together for a year and loved it. <laughs> and uh, this was the hardest thing we went through. And uh, all this time I'm starting to sink down in this hole. I have no idea. It just becomes my life. I'm just sad. I got nothing. And uh, just everything I can do to get out of bed in the morning and try to get done what I need to get done today. And uh, keep food on the table. And I managed, I just managed to do that most of the time. And it was really confusing because I have this beautiful wife of the sun. I have this meditation, this mindfulness practice that I actually like. I learned I could meditate. Like I learned what that was. It wasn't this weird magical word anymore. It wasn't like whoa. It's like it's what people do in caves and shit. It's like it's like oh, this is something you can actually like. I can actually do this. It wasn't magical anymore. It was, but it was beautiful. And I had this men's group that we're doing just like this just uh, amazing work and just good medicine surrounding me. I was surrounded by good people. You know, I wasn't running with addicts. I wasn't running, I mean, not that they're not good people, but positive energy all around me. Not that I'm not a good person. I didn't think I was. Uh, I lived in shame. Shame, 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 shame. And, <laughs> and that was like my internal dialogue was just negative self-talk, negative self-talk negative self-talk and I was surrounded by all this beauty and medicine that I got it made sense to me but I couldn't um, I didn't have an, I didn't have whatever it was um, uh, I came to realize later that I just thought I was broken um, I could not be fixed there was something wrong with me and uh, in a lot of ways, I gave up, and I didn't give up, but I, like my core, like in my core subconscious, I had given up. And uh, luckily, I had some in-laws. My my best friend is my father-in-law, one of my best friends, and he's in the program, Twelve Steps. And I went and worked with him, and uh, we started. I started going to Twelve Steps with him, Alcoholics Anonymous mostly, and um, I started learning what it was to be an alcoholic addict, what an addict was, and like, I learned about myself, because this is one thing that I just didn't understand, is uh, 
it wasn't a matter of will power. I didn't have, there's not enough willpower to deviate from an addiction. There needs to be something else. And so I started working the 12 steps and I got to step, you know, and it works perfectly with my mindfulness practice. It's like, this, this is, this is what, I, this is what I do in men's group. This is what I do with my mindfulness practice. But they're doing it with a, with a incredible, with a vast amount of intelligence and percolated wisdom in the sphere of the addict, in the sphere of the alcoholic, which is um, a very enigmatic thing to be as an addict, alcoholic. It's a very um, tricky subject to understand. And so I surrounded myself with these people that worked diligently to understand that part of themselves. And I started working the 12 steps, and I got to step two, which was, step one was easy. I'm a, I'm a freaking, I'm a junkie, addict, alcoholic, son of a bitch, <laughs> and I got it. And uh, I got to step two, and that was, uh, came to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And uh, that's when I it hit me that I just didn't believe that was possible. That was what was running the show. The story that it is there I am broken. I can't be fixed. That was what was governed. That was the story that was governing my life. I made all decisions it, with that subconscious um, current in that subconscious lens. Um, everything was viewed through that. I had no idea. Um, but that was, I, I landed on, on, the, on that core belief about myself. And, uh, and I was like, and then the other part is something greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And I was like, I can be like, it's possible that I can, I can recover. It's possible that I can recover. So there's this new story, like a spark, a seed that, I felt the water hit it, and it's like it's just like this breath, like this little bit of air, just a little freshness. Like there's a like this is possible. <laughs> and I, I you know I wasn't out of the of the mire, but it was like this little bit of freshness that, and uh, um, in my in my, it was a new paradigm that landed, um, that existed now. There was a part of it that existed. And, uh, that's when my mindfulness practice really, I mean, all through this, my mindfulness practice is supplementing. I wouldn't have made it through that one mindfulness practice. I did this meditation, um, on taking care of my shame by realizing that it's not just me. I, I discovered that it wasn't just me that was messed up. I got the transmission of depression and addiction from my ancestors. I got it from my environment. And then um, it's, it's being expressed. The cosmos is being expressed in this way. And, um, and so it... it Took the sh it started taking being able to take the shame away from it, away from me, 
and uh, you know the depressions in my family, the the addictions in my family, and now it's mine to take care of. It's mine to take care of now, but it's not mine. And uh, but now I started use. I had this new paradigm of possibility that was awakened, that I'm not broken. That something greater than myself can restore me to sanity. And that was, uh, <laughs> for me, that was the second step. That was outside of my scope. It was greater than me. It was bigger than me. I had, I, in my scope, I couldn't see that. And so I stepped into that, and, and this whole world of possibilities opened up. And, uh, I started paying very close attention, um, diligently, paying close attention to my mental landscape. And now I could recognize this story of, of brokenness and, and uh, unfixableness, and there's something wrong with me. It was recognizable, this story was, um, well, that was in me. And every time that it would come up, I would, I could use my meditation, um, um, my, my every so my every time it would come up, I could focus my mind and catch it. I would catch it, and I could put something else there. I would water the other freaking seed. It's like I'm not <laughs> it's like because I'd have and I, so negative self talk became my best friend. I'd wake up in the morning, God damn you, mother. and I'd catch myself and be like, because it was such a beautiful red flag. It's like, how can I miss just like me beating the crap out of myself? It's like instantly, it's like, oh, it's a perfect kind of stop. I can put a new story in. It's just possible that I can recover. And that, that could be the story. That's, that could be the story, the new seed that I'm watering. And, uh, and I was, I would do it. And do it, and do it, and catch myself, and 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 stop that story, and just breathe into this new possibility. Just breathe into this new possibility. Let this other story exist. Just give it some, um, open up some space to let the sun in on this new possibility. And my heart started like waking up over time, and it was like. I realized I could stop this negative self-talk, and I had some power. I had some um, sway in this situation. <laughs> and my heart starts opening up. And uh, you can ask any man in my men's group, like, however many years ago, every night that we would sit, I would check in with fear, um, shame. And now it's like, everywhere I go, joy's on top, joy's on top, joy's on top. It, it, most of my day, joy's on top, and it's a miracle to me every day. And that's part of my joy. Is like I can feel joy, and uh, I, and, and the other part is like I didn't wake up this morning and want to die, and that's enough to make me feel freaking like a miracle, like joy. My joy sprouts from that <laughs> that real deep. Um, Sadness and, and suffering that I that I slept in, that I lived in.
Give me the sound of a bell. So I think one important thing for me was uh, one important thing for me to share is that there's never too much help. There's only not enough. And if I would like, because I was really stuck in, I have two beautiful practices, and that should be enough. And I was I was stuck that there, and, and that's where I got stuck, and there's something wrong with me, and. And when I found the, the, the 12 steps, that really helped me. And then when I, and the, so then the part I forgot to add. I had tried, um, what are they called? Yeah, yeah. I tried uh, antidepressants, and, I, and, and nothing worked. Nothing worked. That was my story. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. <laughs> And uh, when I started feeling like there might be, that I'm not broken, that something can, that I, I can recover, I started trying out different antidepressants as well. Um, and I found one that really um, supported my practice and supported my being, supported me in uh, not suffering, supported me. And... Uh, you know what, I was at the point where I didn't care. It's like, just get me out of this pain. <laughs> and uh, and now it's, uh, um, I feel that it can be looked down upon. And a practitioner should be able to just do it or whatever. And, and I'm like, anybody that existed where I was at, I would just recommend that you think about, <laughs> you know, searching for help wherever you can. Um, that's where I was at. I just wanted help. And uh, I'm doing the work. I want some help. So uh, reaching out. Uh, and whatever, looking for support or, and however it can take place. Um, I think was a real important part of my story that um, I was blessed to fall into. And then the other part that I'd like to leave as as what my takeaway from my story, and, and these are the continuations of my practice. These things that I took away, the things that landed on me. Um, what it was is the other 
one is diligence, diligently scanning my mental landscape and uh, taking care of it, taking care of my mental landscape. And um, there's a old Native American story, I don't know, probably comes from multiple tribes. But there's two wolves that live inside of us. Somebody probably knows it better than me. There's a good one and a bad one. <laughs> and they're at war, or, you know, sometimes it takes place in different ways. Um, but they're fighting to take control. And then it's like, which one wins? And it's the one you feed. The one you feed wins. And uh, my thoughts. Um, are organic by nature. And when I feed them, they grow. They strengthen. And I just have this palpable experience with growing a freaking seed, a baby seed. <laughs> you know, and it was very strong, very strong. Now, um, Uh, grateful to be able to share my story with all of you and for you all, all, all of your interest in this, this topic and, uh, and for your um, kind and, and um, attentive awareness and your gentle spirit in letting me speak. Thank you.